Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the ISI Life podcast. On today's episode, I get the amazing chance to chat with Dean Harder. Dean is a very successful entrepreneur, a father, a husband, a grandfather, um, an author, and he recently spoke at our fall retreat up here in Cleveland and did an amazing job and then, and then joined us shortly after there for our Stay Sharp Saturdays. And so uh, we get into all the amazing things that Dean is up to and, and share some of his wisdom on his life and how we can uh, live a more authentic life. And um, this is all part of Iron Sharpens Iron. And so if, if ISI is new to you, Iron Sharpens Iron comes from Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And really what we're trying to do with the podcast and the retreats and the Stay Sharp Saturdays and the community that we're building is to help people do things God's way. And we do all that around what we call our five Fs, which are faith, family, faculty, finance, and fitness. So different speakers on those things. Those are what we found to be the key areas that we all are trying to juggle and manage. And the really the core premise of ISI is how can we put faith at the center of all those things, not just as a compartment. And um, I use the example of a Titanic. Uh, the Titanic had 16 watertight compartments and only six of them flooded and brought it all down. So rather than compartmentalizing your life, how can you bring your faith um, how can you get in touch with your faith and bring that into all areas of your life? How can you bring it into your family, your key relationships, your marriage with you know, your kids, your neighbors, the key relationships that you have, like faculty, you know, whatever you do for a living or whatever your gifting is, whatever you're working on developing. Uh, and then finances and fitness. How can you bring it into the way you spend your money, the way that uh, you use the blessings that God's given you, as well as your health and fitness? So that's what we're doing with ISI. Uh, this podcast is just one little thing Really, we go to uh, interview uh, amazing guests who have wisdom to share on a particular topic. In this case, it's Dean, and he spoke at a retreat, and that's what a lot of the podcasts are, or are kind of recaps of someone's talk that they gave at an ISI. So if you like what you hear and you haven't been to a retreat, it might be something that you check out. We do two a year in the cities that we're in, Cleveland, Columbus, Nashville, right now. And um, hopefully it's a blessing to you, and hopefully that this conversation with Dean light something up for you and challenges you, encourages you in some way, shape or form. And uh, look forward to hearing any feedback or comments you have on how we can serve you even better. Without further ado, let's get out of the conversation with Dean. All right, my man, Dean, thanks for being on the podcast today, buddy. Thanks so much. I'm excited to capture this conversation with you. Recently spoke at um, our fall retreat and then joined us on the Stay Sharp Saturday. And I've had a, a lot of good discussions and it's prompted a lot of thoughts for me. So I appreciate you being on and uh, why don't you start by just giving us a little bit of your your upbringing and background and, and then we'll go from there. I'd love to. I'm actually sitting in Florida right now as we're recording this, but that's not where I grew up. Um, you got to go to the other end of the, the thermometer. I grew up in Minnesota and spent the first 43 years of my life there along with my wife, Jackie, and our kids. I'm a farm kid, grew up on a corn and soybean farm, and we were turkey growers, which means you you grow the turkeys that we eat in the grocery stores. Um, so I still love my turkey. And from uh, from the farm days, I, I went off to college. I always thought I'd be in agriculture my entire life. And um, as fate would have it or God's plan would have it, however you want to view it, I found myself back on the family farm with Jackie and our, our boys, and then our daughter was born um, shortly thereafter. But we uh, lived in Mount Lake, Minnesota for a number of years, the first three of which I farmed with my brother. 
and that just wasn't meant to be some some obvious things took place that uh, indicated hey dean you should do something else and so for the last 25 years nick i have had a business that's really focused on helping people spend and enjoy as well as share their wealth so it's uh, all about the distribution and use of money not the accumulation and storing of it if you will and uh, yeah and i just uh, i'm i'm just a year into launching my first book i intend to write more but i also have this vision over the next 10 to 30 years whatever god gives me Mm-hmm. to use uh, my experiences in the world of sales is also within just the world of communication to transform what our experiences are when we interact, um, whether it be in a professional setting or a personal setting. So that's mm-hmm. a little bit of my background. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know recently you did a a mini sales training off of your book, uh, Stop Pitching with with our team, which was they're still talking about it. So thanks for doing that. And I'm excited to, you know, go, go further with that. But, you know, for today, um, you know, your talk, um, you came to our fall retreat and and just gave an awesome talk and really, you know, encouraged or challenged the guys. I know there's a difference. You taught me the difference between the two. Um, but let's go, let's go there for, for the talk. I mean, how did you decide there's so many different topics at ISI and what you could have, what you could have brought. How did you decide on, what you wanted to talk about um, as we led up to the retreat? That's a that's a that's a great question to really kind of get into a deeper dialogue about the topic I brought up. Um, you mentioned encourage versus challenge. I I've been encouraged all my life, but rarely have been have I been challenged. It's not that I've not been challenged in the general sense, but it's very uncommon for us to challenge one another and. Typically, when we think of challenging someone, it's it's in a negative sense. Like, um, I'm going to challenge you in a wrestle-off so I can wrestle varsity and you have to wrestle B-squad. Like, I'm going <laughs> to pound you. That kind of a thing. And I don't mean it at all in that light. The, the difference, by the way, between encouraging versus challenging someone, and to encourage someone doesn't require a response on the other person's part. So I could say to you, Nick, hey, great job. Way to go. And you'll likely say, hey, thanks. And that's it. But Mm -hmm. if uh, if I say to you instead, hey, great job, Nick. Um, Do you mind if I ask you a quick question or give you a little feedback? Mm -hmm. You say, sure. Here here it comes. Yeah. And then I (laughs) give you some feedback and you go, okay, yeah, okay, that's that's fair. I appreciate you pointing that out to me. That's that's just a simple example of challenging somebody. Mm -hmm. So to your question, how did I come up with this topic? I wanted to challenge you guys at the retreat to get below the surface of their own lives, um, to find the beach balls that mm-hmm. might be under the surface that they've been pushing down like me for mm-hmm. much of my life. Hmm. Yeah. And you had a great visual there of bringing, you know, <laughs> different beach balls and you kind of tied it somewhat to the concept of a vessel. Um, so Talk about talk more about the concept of um, the beach ball and, and maybe how that relates to um, us as vessels. Yeah, I'd like. Yeah, so let me start with the vessel comment um, in the Bible, and I it's terrible. I should have had this top of mind, but I'm I'm drawing a blank at the reference. I believe yeah. it's in Second Timothy, where um, 
God's word talks about God will use any kind of vessel, a, a big vessel, little vessel, um, a, a vessel made of wood, a vessel made of stone, a vessel made of, of any kind of material. Um, uh, uh, and so as it relates to you and me, you know, he'll use men, he'll use women. God will right. use uh, older people, younger people, um, people that are divorced, people that are married. God will use all kinds of people, but the one type of person God won't use, and, the, and this goes back to the vessel, is a dirty person. Hmm. And a, a dirty vessel is really, really uh, uh, characterized by a person whose heart is so hardened to their own way of life, their own sinful nature. Um, they justify their actions. They make excuses for uh, decisions that they make. And um, God doesn't bless that. There's no doubt God can use that. And as he did in my life, um, he brought some real ugly out of my life at a time that I didn't expect it to be um, to come out. And that's the beach ball reference where I, I don't take credit for the for the visual on this, Nick. Somebody else shared this in a, in a Sunday morning message at a church yeah. we were going to at the time in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And the idea of when we when we live in our sin and we continue to live over and over and over in in doing things that we shouldn't be doing it's like we're pushing down a beach ball under the surface of the water and as long as we can hold it down we're good nobody sees it mm-hmm. but what happens and i believe happens all the time is at some point in time that beach ball comes blowing out of the water and I just, again, going back to your question, I think most of us, if not all of us, have some kind of beach ball that we push down under the water. And I'm just hopeful, and and, and I pray this, that we as men in particular would become real first with ourselves about what we're lying about or what we're holding under the water. And when we take the, the um, step towards letting... God help us deal with the aftermath of the beach ball coming out. Um, amazing things can happen. And I'm, I'm witness, I'm testimony to that, that God, God redeems God, God shows up in your, in your darkest, deepest times. For sure. Yeah. So if most of us or all of us have a beach ball, whether it be a, a small one or a medium one or a, a big one. Right. Um, I guess thoughts um, on how to, because that could be a challenging thing. Like how the heck do I surface this thing? You know, how mm-hmm. any thoughts on how, how to actually bring it to the light? Well, if, if, if you, if I may, um, as you're asking that question, my brain thinks in pictures and I suddenly mm-hmm. had this picture of a snowman back in Minnesota. So, living there for much of my life, most of my life, I've had my fair share of snow, snowstorms and blizzards and whether me as a kid or with my kids building snowmen. And the very first um, part of a snowman that you build is the base. And typically Mm -hmm. there's, you know, three balls or or three snowballs. There's the one on the base, the one in the middle, and then the head on the top. Yeah. And like anybody, you want to build that base as big as possible. So as much as you can roll that thing before you can't roll it anymore, that's usually where the snowman sits. 
Well, that visual in my head is that's how the beach ball starts. It starts out as, ah, it's just a little tiny snowball. It's not going to hurt anybody. We tend to call those things white lies, by the way. I've actually come to believe white lies are a gateway to real lies or serious lies. We, um, we oftentimes will, will convince ourselves, it's better I just don't say anything because there's no sense in upsetting the apple cart here. It was no big deal. Yeah. Well, that Water in and of bridge, itself, right. what's yeah. that, Nick? Water under the bridge. Yeah. Exactly. Forget about it. Right. Yeah. Right. And what happens is, and I saw this in my own life, Nick, where you begin to just go, oh, you're right. It is no big deal. Like nobody got hurt and it's no big, you know, it's no problem. And, and, and we further convince ourselves that if we say something, it's going to be a problem. And so, so the, the best way, and this is something I shared, uh, your brother actually asked me the question as we were mm-hmm. kind of wrapping up, you know, what if, what if I don't, what if I'm currently not struggling with a particular beach ball under the water? Yeah. But my dear friend or my brother or somebody I really care about, I find out they are, or they, they, um, you know, they're exhibiting behavior that suggests something's going on that's perhaps not good. Mm-hmm. This is different than that same brother or friend or close confidant coming to you. So if somebody's not coming to you, but you're going, wow, Nick, I just feel like there might be something going on. Um, what do I do? And here's, here's something that I really believe this would be a takeaway from the conversation today, Nick, would be, mm-hmm. first of all, um, commit the whole thought that you have to prayer. And I'm not over, I'm not making this over religious. I'm not, I'm just pray, say, God, I just sense, and Nick, I'm just going to role play with you just so I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm, there isn't something that I'm noticing, but I'm just going to pretend. Okay. Is that cool? Come on, Dean. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I would, I would go, you know, Lord Jesus, I, I pray right now that if there's something in Nick's life that you want me to help him see, like if there's something, if there's a beach ball he's holding under the water, God, if you're if you're asking me to go to Nick, I just pray that you'd open up an opportunity and give me the courage to just talk to Nick. Mm-hmm. So I would start that way, and then I I would I would look, I would look, I would every time I'd interact with you, I'd be going you know into that going, God, just show me. Is there a little crack in the conversation? Mm-hmm. And um, you may say something. And I'm just going to say that you've been eating too much peanut butter and, and you've got a peanut butter addiction. And so um, you uh, happen to come over to my house and you say something like, hey, you don't happen to have any peanut butter, do you? <laughs> and I go, peanut butter? Like, why, why, why would you ask me for that? Ah, no, no big deal. Say, Nick, Nick, I got to ask you a question. Don't you think it's kind of weird that you'd ask me about peanut butter? <laughs> Like you're at my house. Nobody's ever asked me about that. Are you dealing with some stuff? I mean, is there something going on? I mean, I, in other words, when you, when you challenge somebody, you're not challenging them like, Nick, I can't believe all the peanut butter you eat. I was watching you in the grocery store. You filled your cart full. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's going to them, especially in a time, the ideal time I, I believe is when you're, you're, you're just together and it yeah. just kind of comes up um, that the intervention thought is not where I'm going with this. Like Nick, mm-hmm. we need to get together. I'm 
super concerned. Now, if there's a serious concern or there's somebody's life's in jeopardy or there's, you know, potential harm and all that, that's, that's different. Yeah. But the beach balls we're talking about are just choosing to live in a way that's just very hurtful for yourself, hurtful for your relationship with, with Jesus and very hurtful with your family. Mm -hmm. I don't know, Nick, what's something you took, took out of what I just shared? I'm just thinking that it's a separation. Anything that we're that we have, you know, sin, you know, is sin, and we're all sinners. And so, mm-hmm. you know, beach ball to me, I was equating it to sin and distancing myself. I mean, my goal is to be, you know, as close and locked up with Christ as possible. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether that be just one little thing that that you're kind of, you know, putting below the surface or a giant thing. I mean, either way it's distancing you from maybe the closer relationship that we all seek with God. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, most people on the podcast, you know, um, are Christ followers and they, you know, that's what they want. Not, not everybody, but, um, just thinking about, I think about two ways. One is, you know, if I had something, I'm probably thinking about the, the carnage that could come up. If it's a little thing and it's no big deal, I just want to deal with it, you know, uh, repent from it and move on. But then if I have a, a giant mega huge thing that, I'm super, super worried about the ramifications of, you know, how can I, I, I know that it will be redeemed, but just the, the, the fear that goes along with that could be mm-hmm. um, paralyzing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's what was going around my head as you were going through some of the examples there. There's something you said in that, uh, in your, in your thoughts there that made me think of um, uh, another approach and the second approach, if you will, would be to go to to you and say, hey, hey, Nick, and, and not not bring up the peanut butter in my example, but say, you know, you're just in a conversation and and you share with Nick with this hope that this encourages you and challenges you, Nick, to yeah. like ask yourself, but to say, hey, Nick, you know, I've I don't know if you know this, but I used to struggle with X. Right. And um you know, it's been a number of years and I've been doing these, you know, three things in my life that have just been really helpful. And man, I don't know why I, j- I just wanted to share that with you because I didn't want you to think I had it all figured out because I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what you're doing there is you're just giving a personal testimony to, um, to open up, be vulnerable and in such a way that perhaps will make you feel vulnerable and transparent mm-hmm. and willing to share. So that that's yeah. just a second way to bring it up. No, I love that. I mean, kind of creates an opening for them. I, that seems to always be the case when you're in a, in a group and someone, you know, breaks the surface ice and goes a little deeper than maybe you thought they were going to go. And all of a sudden the dynamic of conversation instantly changes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we recently had that happen at, um, for the school that we opened. Uh, one of the parents, one of the parent dinners, someone shared something that was, probably more than I, we thought that they were going to share, but it was like amazing. And then every, mm-hmm. and what do you know? Everybody else starts sharing mm-hmm. in, at a whole different level. Um, so yeah, that's a great, that's a great way to maybe to get down the lines of communication and opening up. So um, in your talk and we were talking about, you know, just coming clean basically. And you were talking about um, the concept of a clean vessel and developing some guardrails. Mm-hmm. So whether, you know, whether that beach ball surfaced or, where it's still under the surface, but either way, you're trying to keep your vessel as clean as possible. You came up with three guardrails for the guys to live to live by. You want to chat through those for a little bit? Yeah, yeah I'd love to. Um, okay. The whole the whole idea behind um, 
guardrails, the framework of that is obviously a guardrail um, keeps you from going into danger. That they're designed to prevent you or discourage you to get into danger. Mm-hmm. And you know, a guardrail doesn't keep you out. In fact, most guardrails you can just hop over them. And so they're they're a deterrent, but they're by no means um, a for certain it's going to keep you out. Like right. go to go to prison, be locked in solitary confinement, and that's like the ultimate guardrail. Like you yeah. can't do anything. So the 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 first guardrail just so happens to be first, and it's the 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 first. What what are the first things that you do? And I'm sharing this simply because the timing of us recording this just hits on these two um, these two. Um, um, I don't want to say anniversaries, just, I don't know what the word is I'm searching for. So I'll just share what the two are. The, the first, um, is yesterday was the 365th day of a new Testament reading through the new Testament with the church that we go to here in Florida. And so it's all online. It's an app on the Bible app on the U version Bible app. And so you read a section of the new Testament and then there's a spot to share. And so, um, I'm one of these people. In fact, I wanted to read to you. So literally a year ago today would have been day one because yesterday wow. was day 365. And so on day one, I wrote, um, uh, it was the, the reading was second Timothy three fourteen through 17. And so check that out, see what it says. But I wrote the word continue at the beginning of the passage catches my heart this morning. Starting something is one thing. Continuing that something takes even more spiritual muscle and discipline to see it through. Mm -hmm. Jesus helped me to continue following you, listening to you, hearing you, obeying you. Amen. Mm -hmm. Well, for 365 days, I have done the reading, and I've actually also written some kind of a comment or share in the section every single day for 365 days. I don't say that to get a medal or for anybody to pat me on the back. Not at all. If I don't do that first every single day, that's a guardrail for me. It puts my heart in a great place. It puts my mind in a great place. And I can tell you over the last 365 days, Nick, I've had plenty of opportunity to go over the guardrail. Mm -hmm. I've been up to the guardrail. I've had my foot on the guardrail. I've actually straddled the guardrail, but I've never gone over the guardrail. Mm Mm-hmm. And part of that is because, and there's more to the first than just that. And tomorrow's actually day 600 of opening up the Version Bible app and spending, that's just what become my Bible because it's with me wherever yeah. I go. Yeah. Um, but today or tomorrow's day 600 of every single day, 600 days straight, where I start my day, I start my day. The first thing I do is I'm in the word. I pray um, over the last seven years, I've written in 17 journals. Um, I journaled this morning again. So that would be the first. Um, the The second guardrail is pockets. And I'm curious just to give the listeners yeah. a break. What do you remember about pockets? Oh, I'm thinking about... Um... I got my hands in my pockets right now. Thinking about about finances. I'm thinking about um, your resources, the things that you have to give. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, that, 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 that's, that's certainly on track. Um, The idea around pockets is, um, 
you know, what, what do you, what do you store? What do you hide? What do you, you know? And so being, being open-handed and being, um, you know, in essence, taking things out of your pockets. Um, and there's more to that, that I just given time, I won't get into, but, um, yeah, po- pockets, pockets was the second one. I I'm really eager to get to the third one, which is corner. Okay. Yeah. Corner man. I believe we all need to have uh, a corner man, one or two or three corner men in our, in our corner. And it's, it's really a reference to boxing. So when, you know, the, the, the bell dings and the two boxers or the MMA fighters, one of the MMA fighters, I don't actually don't watch MMA. So I think they maybe have a break in between rounds. They do. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, are you a, you an MMA guy, Nick? I, every once in a while, I do find it interesting. Yeah, nice. I feel like I'm at one point I'm going to be some kind of warrior, but okay, you know. all right, all right. <laughs> it's my old wrestling uh, genes, just you know. There, there you go. So, so the idea is when when you're between rounds, you go to your corner, and your corner man comes out and you know fixes the gashes and puts the Vaseline on or whatever they do and mm-hmm. rubs you down and maybe gives you a drink of water, lets you spit in the bucket and all that, but they're there. They're there in the in the toughest moment of life. Yeah. We need that kind of person, at least one, if not two or three in our life. And when my life really, really came off the rails and I went and I was living way on the other side of the guardrails, um, there's a, a gentleman by the name of Byron Emmert. And um, he was the first phone call I made in October 2015. And um, what I also want to um, say about your corner man is their reaction when you've really screwed up is they love you first, just like Jesus would love you. And Jesus has right. demonstrated this so much in the Bible about how he loved the woman at the well, you know, how he loved, um, you know, the tax collector, how he loved, uh, he loved everybody, um, mm-hmm. especially those that were so desperate for his love. He loved them first. God loved us first. And so Byron, um, he, he, he loved me. He, he showed me love literally in the first five minutes that we chatted. But then what he did is he can I, picked, can, can I pause you right there? Yeah. Did you think he was going to? I, the great question. Um, I mean, I, I thought there was a good chance. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have called him if I didn't feel safe calling him. Yeah. Um, but but I'll be honest. I it's been enough years now. I don't I don't know what I was thinking at the time. I was so desperate to call somebody. Yeah. And I knew he was a corner man in my life because I've known mm-hmm. him since I was a teenager, actually a preteen. And he was very much a part of leading me to Christ when I was sixteen years old. So I don't know. That's a great question. It's yeah. a great question. No, I didn't mean to interrupt your your flow of thought. I just didn't know if you just were desperate, you know, and he was the first person that you thought of or, you know, yeah. he was there for you was the point. Yeah. And he, yeah. He, she, his first response was love and it wasn't judgment. Yeah. But then it was, all right, we need to deal with this and, mm. and, and I'm going to help you and I'm going to be mm. there to, to help you. And that's why I really do like the visual of the corner man. And that's so good. many of us, me included, you know, I could tell you right now, I've got 50 friends that live within two miles of me where I live here in Florida, but they're not all corner men. Yeah. I'd go out to dinner with 
pretty much any of them. I'd go to Top Golf with pretty much any of them. I'd hang out at the pool. I'd play, ten, you know, whatever. But I wouldn't pick up the phone and call them when I desperately needed them. Mm-hmm. And and that's okay. You, you, I mean, Jesus didn't have, you know, he had a very few, a very small group of men that he really leaned into and relied on. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And they're fortunate to have those people. I'm, you know, thinking of my cornermen uh, that I would say, you know, are in my life. And it's, uh, it's definitely a blessing to have those, pe- mm-hmm. those people if you have them. If not, um, any, any thoughts on <laughs> how to get those people if, if they don't exist? You, you know, the first question I would ask myself if I were wondering if I had a cornerman is imagine yourself in a pickle. Who would you call? And yeah. if you go, I, I mean, I wouldn't call so-and-so and I wouldn't call, well, then you probably don't have a corner man. And um, in the, the time to want a corner man isn't when you're in dire straits and you need yeah. one and you don't have one. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what, what I love about your ISI retreats is it's an opportunity yeah. to get deeper in friendship and relationship with a bunch of guys that are wanting to be better husbands, better men, better fathers, better leaders, better business people, better friends, and just better people. And um, I've established, you know, some relationship with some of the guys that were at at the uh, retreat last fall. We don't talk on a super regular basis, but there are a couple of guys that I easily could see become cornermen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Nick, yeah, you're one of those guys that we, you know, we met all those years ago and, you know, just down the street where I'm at right now in Florida, where your mom and dad mm-hmm. live. And, uh, you know, it was a divine appointment in the hot tub with you and your kids. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's, I mean, that's one of the goals of the retreats. I mean, um, is to get away. We kind of say like to re to recharge, to refocus and develop the relationships and, mm-hmm. And really like the relationships with you, you know, bringing somebody or just, you know, connecting with some of the, some of the deepest uh, relationships that some of the guys have were formed mm-hmm. at the retreat. Cause they're like, man, you're, you live, you live right down the street from me. You have the same amount of kids, similar ages, going through the same kind of stuff. And it's so refreshing to, to get to know you, you know, mm-hmm. and just, it's really cool to, um, I don't know, to create the, uh, the environment and create the garden for those kind of relationships to grow out of. And that's, that's really what we're trying to do with the retreats yeah. and it's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really good. I think, um, the concept of, you know, surfacing your beach ball cause it's going to come up and, um, you know, having a corner man maybe to help guide you through that and your ideas of the guardrails, the three guardrails, the firsts, the firsts, the pockets and having a corner man are, um, you know, three great ways to, mm-hmm. to do it, to do it right, to live the ISI life. Awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, it's really good. Well, um, I appreciate you uh, being a. I would definitely call you a cornerman, Dean. Thanks. I feel like uh, I don't. I know that I could call you, text you, whenever, and and you would you'd be there, and I think judgment free and just there to, you know, wipe the gashes off my eyes if I was beat up and, and bloodied from the from the battle. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd be honored, and and it and it's it's because. Um, I see you wanting to live life in the best possible way you can and serve your God, serve your family, serve your you know neighbors, your business. Yeah. Um, it's just been really cool to get to know you all these years now. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, for we'll kind of close down with a couple of the questions that I ask everybody, um, kind of separate from the main topic that you shared at the retreat, but talking about joy and happiness, what, what brings you the most joy, Dean? Well, I, I, you asked this ahead of time. And so I had given it some thought and, and I just it had shared in writing to you. And I just want to read what I shared because this is what gives me joy. Jesus in yeah. me gives me joy. Jesus, my nearly 33 marriage with Jackie gives me joy. And those are happy. And those are happy emotions, not sad. Jesus, years. my relationship with my three children, their spouses, and our four grandchildren, and soon to be uh, son-in-law, because my daughter just got engaged a couple weeks ago. So we're excited for that. That gives me joy. Jesus, in my mindset, when I'm wearing any number of business venture hats, um, I, I'm, I'm just super excited about um, what God's been doing in my life as it relates to my business, but not about my business, but as it's bringing me into ministry opportunities because of my business. Hmm. Um, Jesus and me on the golf course and tennis courts. If there's if there's a, a great place to be able to witness without ever opening up the Bible or ever quoting a scripture, it's when you're competing with your friends and buddies and and hmm. uh, you know neighbors that you don't even know, and they watch you. Um, I remind myself that. If I'm there and I have joy in me, which Jesus is what gives me joy, there's mm-hmm. so much ministry that can go on. In fact, there's a a whole, uh, your dad's actually joined in this. Um, I've been doing on Thursday nights every couple of weeks what I call a single question. And I've been inviting guys that I've met playing tennis. I don't know where they're at in their walk with Jesus. Yeah. Um, last last week, we had a dozen guys here. There were three guys that are, are you know, they they're of the Jewish faith. They're they're practicing Jews. Jews had a couple guys here that um, one guy in particular that is kind of had it with God, and yet mm-hmm. God's using this single question for us to talk about meaningful things about Him. Mm-hmm. And so, and then the last couple here, Jesus and me when I'm riding my Harley, um, <laughs> I, I I do I love I love being on my bike. I feel so fortunate to be able to to do stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, Jesus and me, when you and I chat, I mean, seriously, I I so enjoy meaningful dialogue. And Nick, yeah. you're you're phenomenal at it. That's awesome. Love that. So basically, Jesus brings you joy, and yeah. it's everywhere. It's from sun up to sundown. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So good. What about um? What about books? Um, other than stop pitching. <laughs> That's right. Stop pitching. That's a clever little book. Um, I'm a. I'm just going to give you. A, um, I'm going to give you three here, and and yeah, and then we'll put the. I know you have a bunch of extras. We'll put those on the show notes. Okay. So they, yeah. If they go to the website. They can grab all of them. So so this isn't this isn't three books, but Chip Heath and Dan Heath have written several books, and their books have been just monumental in helping me transform the way in which I interact with people, whether it's personally or in business. Um, I love their books. To Engineer as Human is a very interesting read. Henry Petrosky is the author. And um, what I love about this book is the subtitle of the book is The Role of Failure in Design. And um, Mm -hmm. I've been really challenged in in my walk with Jesus recently uh, my brother um, and his wife have been following a, I'm going to call it progressive Christianity for the last five years or so. And 
to the point where uh, um, they don't believe everything the Bible teaches. And mm. and um, the book title or the subtitle to um, The Role of Failure in Design, I relate the whole concept of this book, because I've read it multiple times, to the conversations I've been having with my brother about mm. his change of his change of perspective on who God is and what heaven and hell are or aren't. And right. so anyhow, that's a second one. And then uh, the the last one I'll just mention is The Prayer of Jabez. It's a book yeah. that I read many, many, many years ago, probably 30 years ago, close to 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce, Bruce Wilkinson's the author. He's a phenomenal writer. And um, just prayer, just Prayer. We just don't pray the way God intended us to pray. And that little book taught me a lot about how to pray. That's awesome. He's brought back a memory of the first podcast we did. Um, the gentleman, his name's Tommy Newberry. He's like a he's a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, he's written a bunch of books, but that was his his mm-hmm. number one recommendation. I think his I think his mom or his grandma gave it to him. And he, I think he carries it with him all everywhere he goes. So cool full circle. It's awesome. Those are That's great cool. recommendations. A couple of those are uh, actually, they're all new, except for the prayer of Jabez one. Mm. So, awesome, cool, really good. What about you? For a um, so outside of books, is there a uh, like a verse that's front and center for you right now, or or one that you have inked on your uh, on your arm? Uh, it's one that I want to get inked on my arm. I just uh, my wife <laughs> isn't a fan of tattoos, and so I. But I really do. It's a verse that over the last seven and a half years has. Um, it, 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 I just lean into this. Um, mm-hmm. I quote it often. I share it often. I write it often. But it's Ephesians three twenty, and the version I'm reading just simply says, um, and it's by memory. But God's able to do immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine because of His power working in you. Hmm. And it's that power, His power working in you, that allows Him to do what you can't even ask or imagine. And uh, if you knew my whole story, and Nick, you know a lot of my story, uh, for me to have the marriage I have, the kids I have, um, the relationships I have, it's because God did immeasurably more than I could ever imagine. Mm. Um, It's by His grace and His mercy that uh, we have an amazing family today. Mm. Amen. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. That's... um kind of how uh, we did the Stay Sharp Saturday last, this past Saturday. And um, we always do them the first Saturday of the month. And uh, mm-hmm. Steve, Steve Schumann, who, you know, you interacted mm-hmm. with him a Steve. little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome guy. He, he led the devotion and he closed it out basically by saying that, you know, don't rely on your own strength, rely on God's strength. And because um, as men, we try to shoulder everything ourselves. Mm-hmm. So his power in you, rely on God's strength. It's timely. Awesome. Mm. Well, um, Dean, it was, a, it was a pleasure, I don't know, getting to know you so many years ago. I feel like I've known you my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> and um, to have you at the retreat, and then you, know, you shared on a Stay Sharp Saturday, and then now contributing to the podcast. So appreciate your, your contribution to the, the lives of you know, all these people who are you know, getting a chance to interact and learn from you. And I know different speakers and different guests you know, hit others you know, and impact people in, in ways that um, are very powerful and hopefully very impactful and eternal. So thank you for your investment in, in all of us. 
Oh, it's a, it's an honor and it's a true privilege to walk alongside of, of you, Nick. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, Dean, would you close us down in a, in a word of prayer as we wrap this up? Oh, you got it. All right. Jesus, you, uh, you are such a great and, uh, incredible God. I sit here on the Oh, Jesus, I'm just so filled with emotion here, just trying to just think of the words to say thank you so much for loving me and loving Nick and loving any listener the way you love us. You loved us first. And I'm just uh, grateful for the ministry of ISI. It's not about Nick and his family and friends. It's about you, Jesus. And I pray that you take whatever was shared today, if there's something that would encourage uh, a listener. I I pray that you, Lord, would be the one that encourages them, not my voice, but yours. And if there's something I shared that challenges, Lord, I pray that it's your spirit that's convicting, not my words. And I pray, Lord, that um, just as Nick asked about what verse from the Bible speaks most to me, it really is Ephesians 3.20, that you are, Jesus, able to do immeasurably more than any one of us could ever ask or imagine. But your power's gotta be at work in us. And so I pray and challenge that each of us does something today before we go to bed. Just even if we've already done something, let's do some one, one more something that brings us that much closer to you. And so I lift up this ministry and lift up Nick and his family and all those listening here today in the power of the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. What an amazing man. Um, just such an honor always to connect with uh, all the guests, but Dean uh, specifically today, just awesome. I mean, a couple of things I took away from uh, his talk were um, the idea of the the three guardrails and, you know, the number one being your first. So what's your first thought of the day? What's the first action you take? What's the first thing that you do um, with your time, with your mind, with your body? And is that helping set you up on the way that you want? I love that idea. Um, as one of the three guardrails, the second being pocket, pockets. So empty your pockets. So come clean. That's kind of the idea of um, the beach ball analogy. Is you know what are you maybe holding down or water? How can you empty your pockets, come clean, and and live with that pure heart? And then third is a corner man. Love the visual there. Um, love the idea of just someone or multiple people in your corner that are rallying around you, helping you win the fight. Um, I just I just love that visual. So three guardrails that can help you. Um, with with your walk, and so just a couple of things um, as we as we close down this conversation. Um, all of our podcasts and all the resources are available at the isilife.com. That's where we have all the show notes. So there's additional notes on Dean's talk and links to more that Dean is up to. If you want to connect with him, the different books and links that he's talking about, uh, each former guest's um, scriptures and and recommendations that they might have, and um, other things that are on our site are helpful tools that might help you. And in each of the five Fs, there's tools and resources, and our, our goal is just help equip you with a faith-based perspective on how to achieve excellence within those five Fs. And it's also a way to find out when our upcoming retreats are and RSVP for those or the Stay Sharp Saturdays, which are the first Saturday of each month. It's a one-hour little nugget, 7.30 to 8.30 a.m. Just a really easy, lightweight way to connect with this awesome community. So thanks for listening in. Stay sharp and um, sharpen others by sharing this podcast and attending or inviting one of your friends to an upcoming retreat. Stay sharp and God bless.